Welcome to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Spend this hour with us learning how you can protect the people you love from the financial, physical, and emotional consequences of an extended health care situation. Because of new state and federal laws, there are new and exciting long-term care planning options available. As a certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott will help you make sense of your options. Now here's your host of Long-Term Care Radio, Brian Ott. You know, one of the most common questions I get when I'm talking to uh, people about designing a long-term care plan is they want to know if they can pay family members for providing care. And I got a question this week from a listener, Kate, who um, sent us in a, a question that just basically said, can I pay my daughter to care for me if I get a long-term care insurance policy? And back in April, I did a show on this. And, and this week, I'm going to revisit this because this is a very, very important question. And again, can I pay a family member with my long-term care insurance? And the reason why this is such an important topic is if we look at it statistically, half of Americans receiving long-term care services are relying on their family members for 100% of that care. And I'm telling you, this is a sobering statistic. There are so many downsides to this for the caregivers as well as the people receiving care. Yet half of Americans are literally relying on only family members to provide all of their care. So you probably know somebody, somebody that's taking care of mom or dad or a loved one. I mean, that's just, I think we probably all know somebody at some point that ended up, you know, going through uh, that process of caring for a loved one. But let's talk about some of the downsides here. Let's talk about it from the point of you receiving the care. If you're that person that needs the long-term care services, the truth is most of us don't have children who are medical professionals or have a nursing background or a caregiver training background. Now, some of us do, but as a general rule, the vast majority of them don't. But statistically, you know, the, again, it doesn't change the fact that half of Americans are relying on their family members. You know, if your, your, your son is a mechanic or your daughter is a banking professional, do they really have the training and the skill set? No, they're going to do the best that they can. And when we rely on family members, we are often getting the best help that they can provide us, without question. They're doing the best job that they can, but sometimes that's not the care that we need, especially when we look at cognitive situations. When you're looking at someone who has Alzheimer's and the dementia and it starts getting severe, it's like oftentimes it is very, very difficult to take care of those people. And that's why there's special memory clinics and things like that that are popping up all over the place because it takes a certain skill set. It's a different skill set to deal with somebody with a, a cognitive impairment than it is with somebody with a physical impairment. But also in long-term care situations caused by physical impairments, I mean, think of um, you know the inability to perform the daily activities of living. Those physical impairments can be very taxing on family members. And our case manager here, Madeline, who has been on the radio program a few times, was a caregiver for her mom. And she said, you know, that was, that was, it was hard, you know, lifting her mom. Her mom got to the point where she couldn't transfer and just helping her get out of bed and get into the wheelchair and get her bathed and do all those things. It was just physically exhausting. It was very, very hard. And if you're not big enough and strong enough to lift your loved one, it becomes very, very difficult. So what about downsides for providing that care um, if you are the, the, the person providing that care? What about the downsides there? Well, number one, obviously, that we see out there is financial. It's, it's lost wages. Most caregivers either reduce their hours worked or they have to quit their jobs altogether to care for a loved one. We see a lot of this. Children that give up their careers and they move in with a parent um, or vice versa. They move their parent in with them and their family, and they end up having to cut their wages back. So we see a big financial cost for those family members that are caregivers. A recent survey basically went out there and said they, they just surveyed all these caregivers, said, hey, you're taking care of a lived, loved one. Tell us a little bit about if there's any financial cost to you. And they reported you know, anywhere from $500 a month of out-of-pocket costs to several thousand dollars a month of out-of-pocket costs. This is money that they weren't getting reimbursed for. Then you also have the downside of the physical wear and tear again. If you're the person doing the lifting and transferring and bathing and dressing and meal prep and all that stuff every day, you know, 365, it is physically exhausting. And then we have the emotional stress. Caregivers suffer a much higher rate of emotional stress. And they also suffer from more stress-related illnesses, high blood pressure, um, heart attacks, strokes, things like that. So emotionally, it is very tiring. 
And then, of course, things like, you know, that are often overlooked, marital stress. If you are the person that is taking care of your, your parent and you have a spouse yourself, there's oftentimes a lot of stress put into those situations there as well. So there's huge downsides to relying on family members to provide that care for you. And half of Americans, again, rely 100% on their family members. But if we look at the total number of people receiving care, two out of three people receiving long-term care services rely on family members for at least part of that care. And these are often the caregivers who are still trying to juggle their own career and their own families, and they're trying to help a loved one at the same time. So often they're giving up their vacation days, their nights, their weekends, and they're using their sick leave at work, and they're trying to squeeze in some hours to help mom or to help dad or to help somebody in their family so that they can reduce the cost of that outside help. And so we see a lot of that too where families are pitching in. They can't provide all the care, but they're giving up all their free time to basically do what they can. And one of the lessons I will tell you that I learned over my career here in, with long-term care services is that long-term care situations don't generally bring family members together. You know, in fact, it's just the opposite. And this is something to keep in mind. When we've got siblings, so we've got multiple kids, it is very common for one of the, the, the siblings to step up and be a caregiver. And I'll tell you what, that's fine if everybody agrees on that and the other people are pitching in and helping out, but that's rarely the case. Usually what happens is, oh, well, you're closest to mom or she liked you the best or, you know, I've got kids or I've got a job, so you should take care of them. And so what happens with this is we often see siblings being divided in long-term care situations. And I was at a conference years ago, and it was this attorney that wrote this book on caregiving, and he did a lot of estate planning and Medicaid and saw all the downsides, and he was talking to us, and he said, look, it tears families apart because generally what happens is you've got three kids. One kid steps up to be the caregiver. The other two kids do their part by calling in and checking in and sending Christmas cards and stuff. And he goes, it's just there's just such a huge disconnect on that. So keep that in mind. I mean, that is something if you have multiple kids and one of your kids steps up to pay to, to be that caregiver, you know, what's the fairness level of that? You know, how does that balance out with, with, with what they're feeling compared to what the other siblings are doing or contributing? And then often if you look at spouses, again, we're going back to that situation. If you're going to step into that role as a caregiver for your parent, what is that doing to your relationship? And we've had many cases on this, and we, we've seen this over and over again, you know, where even sometimes that it will separate, the, the, the married couple will separate because one of them, had the, you know, they can't bring in the parent into their house or the other person decides they need to move into the other house to take care of their parents. And so we see this a lot. And then also for those people that still have kids, awesome, right? Now all of a sudden, your parent is giving up their life to be a caregiver for their parents. And again, the kids start feeling left out there too. So this is just a lesson. And I will tell you, think about this. When when half of Americans rely 100% on family, there's a lot of consequences. And it's more than just the financial side. Yes, the financial side is real, but there's also a lot of other emotional consequences out there. And I will tell you, there's a pattern in America uh, for people who rely on family members. And again, this is a this is a stereotype. This is not saying absolute that everybody ends up in this, but there's a definite pattern. And it goes something like this. The family members step in to be the caregivers because there's no plan put in place. They, they don't have long-term care insurance. They don't have any other plan. And so they're relying on their family members. The family members step in. They try to do the best that they can. But eventually, the the, the demand for care, the need, outweighs the ability for those people to provide that level of care. And so what happens is they have to start bringing in other people, assets start getting spent down until they completely run out of money, and then that person ends up on Medicaid, they become a ward of the state, and they end up in a nursing home. And this is pattern after pattern after pattern. And that's why in this country, Medicaid pays for 80% of nursing homes in this country, 80%. And now remember, if you're on Medicaid, you're broke. You've exhausted your assets. You've exhausted, you're turning over your income. So if you have pension and social security, that money's gone too. That's going to pay for your care. And so it's a very sad statistic, but it's a very realistic one in this country. And that's, again, what happens. People step in with the best intentions, trying to take care of a loved one, and then their need exceeds their ability to provide that care. And again, that's when you end up having to spend your assets down and end up on Medicaid. But what if you're one of those people who have family members who have the ability and the willingness to provide that care for you? Are you able to pay them with long-term care insurance if you're in that situation? 
there are ways to do this. There are ways that you can pay family members, but you have to have the right type of long-term care insurance in order to do that. And that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to show you or explain to you exactly what you need to know if that is something that you want to do is be able to pay a family member. I'm going to give you the pros and the cons of doing that as well. But first, we need to take a quick break. But when I come back, I'm going to teach you everything you need to know about paying a family member. So stick around. We'll be right back. Avoid the mistake of paying unnecessary taxes, guarantee the quality of your care, and preserve your legacy and wealth by setting up your own tax-free long-term care plan. Learn more by attending Brian's free live webinar class. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. The issue of long-term care is so important. A lot of states like Washington are seeking to pass laws requiring payroll deductions to fund it. But the reality is the state's solution is simply a drop in the bucket that will not provide meaningful protection for you or your family. 525 Advisors can provide meaningful coverage through new plans with guaranteed leverage that turn every dollar into at least $3 of long-term care coverage tax-free. And you get your money back if you never use it, just like the custom plan my wife and I got. Join Brian Ott from 525 Advisors for an upcoming free live webinar. Learn how repositioning some of your savings is a secure way to triple your money today to pay for the high cost of long-term care. Like the state, we agree long-term care is a serious issue, but don't settle for the government's flawed plan. Learn your own options. Attend an upcoming 525 Advisors free live webinar. For the schedule, go to 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Hi, this is Brian Ott with 525 Advisors. Over the years, I've had the opportunity to protect many people and their families with long-term care planning. However, I've also seen how long-term care events devastate families and turn the last years for the family into their worst years. Many people believe the downside from a long-term care situation is limited to financial loss. Yet often, it's the emotional damage that lingers and hurts the family members the most. Watching a loved one go through their savings is one thing, but watching a loved one lose their dignity is far worse. Long-term care insurance provides a dedicated source of funds to help pay for your care when you need it. But more importantly, it provides you with a team of trained professionals that will help you and your family manage your care. Learn how you can stay in control of your care options, maintain your dignity, and protect the people you care about most by attending one of our upcoming live webinars. Sign up today at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. This is Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Listen and learn information from a certified long-term care planning specialist. You can email your questions to radio at 525advisors.com. All right, and we're back, and um, thanks for tuning in to Long-Term Care Radio or the Long-Term Care Radio podcast. Uh, we do have a couple classes coming up. We're in October already. Today's uh, This is going to air on October 1st. Is going to be the first live airing of this on the radio shows, and so we've got classes coming up the 15th and the 22nd. That's a Saturday and a Thursday. And again, the webinars are free. They're live. Um, it's just a great way for you to jump on there. Um, you know, kind of learn about everything we talk about here in a nice, tidy little 45-minute package and then get questions answered. And you'll also get to hear the questions that other, other people ask. And so it's just a real nice learning environment. So, and again, those are free. All you need to do is sign up at 525longtermcare.com. We will send you a notification of when the webinar is. And all you have to do is open up the link and you're on. You don't have to download software or anything. We've made it super, super easy. So uh, today we're going to talk about what you need to know if you want to pay a family member with long-term care insurance. This is one of the the top questions that I get when I'm talking with people. And it's very funny because, you know, like our listener Kate, you know, she asked, can she pay her daughter uh, to take care of her if she has a long-term care insurance policy? And the short answer is yes, you can, but you have to have a particular type of policy. And first off, let's let's kind of back up for a second here, and let's review how long-term care insurance policies are triggered. So meaning what happens that allows you to get that money coming in to start paying for the, the, the expenses that you have. All long-term care policies, regardless of who the carrier is, all long-term care policies are going to trigger the same way. The triggers are standardized, and there are two triggers that will allow you to turn that long-term care insurance policy on and start receiving your benefit. The number one, as of 2019, this is more than any other claims, it's cognitive impairment. So if you're diagnosed with Alzheimer's, dementia, 
you get in an auto accident, you hit your head, you're cognitively impaired, that itself is going to trigger a long-term care insurance plan. So that's the first way you trigger a plan. The second way you get there, which was the number one way, it's the way my grandmother triggered her policy, it was the number one way until 2019, was physical impairment. So physical impairment means we need help with what we call activities of daily living, or ADLs. Activities of daily living are what the insurance company breaks down to. There's six of them. Transferring, toileting, bathing, dressing, eating, and continence. I put them in that order for a reason. It's what we do every day. Just think about what you did today. You get out of bed. You go to the bathroom. You take a shower. You get dressed. You make something to eat, and you get to a bathroom when you need one. That's the activities of daily living. Again, transferring, toileting, bathing, dressing, eating, and continence. Once you trigger your plan, you will receive your benefits in one of two ways. Okay, so that's how we trigger the policies. All the again, doesn't matter who the carrier is. If it's a long-term care plan, a seventy-seven hundred two long-term care policy under the IRS rules, which is long-term care insurance, it's not a chronic care rider. It's actual long-term care insurance. Once you trigger that policy, you're going to receive your money from the insurance company to pay for the expenses that you incur. However. There's two key points here. The insurance companies are going to pay you in two different ways, and this is what you need to understand. The first and most common way that long-term care insurance policies are paid out, this is probably 95% of all the policies out there, it's what we call reimbursement, meaning you are reimbursed up to your monthly or your daily limit that your policy allows. Now, again, remember, long-term care insurance, when I describe it, bucket of money, right? Picture that bucket of money. It's a bucket of cash because it comes back to you tax-free. So when you design a policy, you design how much money you're going to put in that bucket. You're also going to design how much money you can take out of that policy. So why we're buying that policy today is because we're buying future tax-free dollars at a discount today. We're We're paying pennies for dollars, basically. So remember, you've got that bucket of money, and you're going to be able to pull that money out. So reimbursement says we will reimburse you up to your monthly limit. So if you're spending less than your monthly limit, let's just say it's $6,000 a month and you're spending $4,000, the insurance company sends you $4,000. That other $2,000 that you did not spend stays in your bucket for you to use at a future date. So when you hear of people saying, well, I've got four years of coverage, that means if they're pulling out the maximum amount every month, that policy is going to last them a minimum of four years. But if they're only pulling out half of it, it's going to last them eight years because the money in the bucket doesn't expire. You have to exhaust the bucket. So reimbursement says, we'll reimburse you up to your limit. If you're spending $8,000 a month and your policy only pays out $6,000, they're just going to give you the full $6,000 and you make up the difference. And so that's how reimbursement works. We'll reimburse you for the the expenses that you incur, the long-term care charges up to whatever your monthly limit is. Now, Here's the catch. Reimbursement plans are for formal caregivers only. A formal caregiver means somebody that is licensed. So a home health care agency that you hire to come in and provide that care, or it could be an assisted living facility, adult family home. It could be a nursing home. It could be a special memory clinic. It is someplace, a facility or a company that provides those services in home that is licensed. So they have employees. You are using that company to provide that service for you. That's what we call formal care. The carrier will then, the insurance carrier, will get the receipts from that formal caregiver, and they'll look at the policy, and they say, okay, you have $6,000 a month. You spent $5,800. They're going to send you a check for $5,800. Or you can have that money paid directly to the facility if you're in a facility, or you can have it paid directly to the caregivers. That is kind of the nuance. You get to control that, but the point is the insurance company is going to get that paperwork from the providers, and they're going to reimburse you up to your limit. So that's why they call that reimbursement. Now, the carrier is also responsible for verifying the charges, making sure that they're eligible long-term care services, meaning that if you get a bill for you know, cleaning your rain gutters, that's not a, a, a long-term care charge. So that burden is put onto the carrier. There's no paperwork on your end. The people providing the service is providing the receipts. Those receipts are going to the insurance company. The checks are coming back to you. So that's how a reimbursement plan works. The key takeaway on reimbursement is that you cannot pay a family member to provide that care. You have to go through an agency or you have to be in a licensed facility, and that's the way the vast majority of long-term care plans are designed. Now, what if we want to pay family members? Well, there is a way to do that. 
The second way that the insurance companies can pay you out is indemnity. Now, before we get on this, I want, want you to keep in mind, this is like saying buying a, a sports car or a pickup truck. They're not, you don't go buy a F-150 and say, I want a convertible and, you know, you know, a, a V10 twin turbo engine in it and all this fancy sports car suspension. So, so they don't mix. You're, you're either getting a reimbursement plan or you're getting a indemnity plan. And those are going to be from different types of carriers. The carriers are not going to offer both of these. They're going to give you, you know, one carrier is going to be reimbursement. If you want a cash plan or an indemnity plan, we've got to go to a different carrier that offers that. So indemnity is just a fancy word for cash benefits. It's actually just a sum of money paid for compensation. That's what indemnity means. We hear it called cash in the industry all the time. When you trigger your policy, you get a check from the insurance company for your entire monthly benefit. So if you have that same $6,000 month benefit plan, you're just going to get a check for $6,000 every month until you exhaust your policy. So if you had a policy that was going to pay out for five years, you'd get a check for $6,000 for five years or until you die. You know, you, you, you're going to just exhaust that policy. That money's going to keep coming in as long as you're alive and you're on claim. There's no receipts required from the insurance company. And this is the big selling point for a lot of these cash plans. No receipts required, meaning once you trigger your policy, you're just going to start getting a check. So that sounds really good. You can therefore pay family members. So if you're getting your check every month, it's just going into your checking account. You can give the money to your daughter. You can give the money to your son. You can pay family members. You can hire somebody off of the street. That's up to you. Sounds pretty good, right? But just keep in mind. If you are receiving care from family members and you want to be able to pay them for care, you have to have one of these cash plans. But on the surface, as good as that sounds, you have to understand that indemnity or cash benefit plans, there's also some things you need to be aware of. Number one, there's no claim support. So this is your house burns down, the insurance company drives by and drops off a sack full of money on your porch. You've got to figure it out. You've got to figure out how to get the contractor. You've got to figure out how to get the permits. you got to figure out how to make sure that you're not getting ripped off. You got to understand that this is the best contractor for this job on and on and on, right? That's it. So no claim support. There's no audit trail, meaning there's nobody on the back end looking at these receipts, making sure that you're not getting overcharged or charged for something or anything like that. It's just simply you're on your own. You're getting your check. The paperwork now becomes your responsibility. So if you're in a cash benefit plan and you're getting a check every month, you become the person that has to take care of where did you spend the money, okay? You've got to keep track of that. If you hire an individual outside of your house, you become an employer. Technically, if you hire a family member, you become an employer, meaning that you are responsible for the taxes and the liability of your employee. A lot of people are shocked to hear this, but yes, that's the truth, right? If you're hiring somebody, technically, remember that benefit is tax-free to you, but it's income to whoever's providing that care. They technically have to pay taxes on that. So the IRS says, okay, that's fine. You have a cash indemnity plan. You've got to fill out a Form 8853 at the end of the year, okay? Form 883 is Archer MSA and Long-Term Care Insurance Contract. You can look it up, IRS Form 8853. That becomes your responsibility. So you're going to have to do that book work, and you're going to have to do the paperwork, and you're going to have to send that in every year. So the way some people get around this, if you're hiring family member or you're living with family members, it's probably not a big deal. In fact, the IRS gives us what we call a per day limit or a per diem limit, which breaks down to about $12,000 a month, meaning that as long as you're receiving under $12,000 a month and benefits from the long-term care insurance, they technically will leave you alone. But that doesn't mean that they can't come in and audit you and ask you questions because, again, you've got to fill out that Form 8853 every year. And at the end of the year, you get a 1099 LTC, and it's either going to mark, be marked indemnity or it's going to be marked reimbursement. If it's marked reimbursement, you're done. You don't have to do any paperwork. That burden was passed on to the insurance company. If it's marked indemnity, you've got to be able to keep the records and show where you spent that money because if you can't prove you spent it on long-term care services, guess what? It becomes income to you. It becomes taxable income. If you did give it to somebody and they audit, that person has to prove that they paid taxes on it. So just keep that in mind, but that's the way you pay family members. You have a cash indemnity policy. There's three carriers out there right now that offer these plans, and so there is an option. I've got to squeeze in a quick break here for the news, but stick around. When we come back, I've got the client of the week this week. 
Kelly, who is up next, and I will explain to you how we set up a cash benefit plan for and why we went that route. We'll be right back. Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, providing valuable insight to protect you in the event of an extended health care situation. Learn more by attending one of Brian's free live webinar classes this month. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. 525longtermcare.com. Are you confused about the best way to protect your family and savings? Get answers now by listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. All right, and we're back. Thanks for uh, again for tuning in to Long-Term Care Radio. We do uh, appreciate the interest. If you just tune in this week, um, we're, we're just answering the question that we got from a listener, Kate, who said, hey, you know, can I pay my daughter for long-term care services? So if she's providing the care for me, can I pay her with my long-term care insurance contract? Very common question. And what we just went through here in the, the, the second segment of the show was, uh, yes, you can, but you have to have a cash indemnity policy. And those policies, there's three companies out there right now that offer 100% of the benefit in cash indemnity. I've got one company that's going to give part of that benefit in cash, but as a general rule, everybody else is going to be reimbursement, meaning that the receipts go to the insurance company and they reimburse you back for that limit. So there is, there's some pros and cons to everything in life, right? There's two sides to every coin, and I think that's really what long-term care radio is about here. We're just trying to expose, and I'm not going to tell you the one is better than the other policy. It depends on your situation. And every once in a while, we come up on a situation like we did this week on our client of the week where we're going to look at a cash or what we call an indemnity policy because it's going to make sense. And this week, we have Kelly. Kelly is 58 years old. She's still working. She has one adult daughter and two grandchildren. Now, she came to us looking for a way to put a plan in place to really kind of help her stay in control of her options. She just, you know, wanted to basically have a, some, some, you know, comfort knowing that she had some resources to pay for care if she needed, regardless of where she was. Her concerns, quite honestly, was she was very, very close to her daughter. In fact, they lived just a couple of blocks away from each other, and they saw each other almost daily. Kelly was worried about being a burden on her if something happened to her. She goes, gosh, you know, if I get cancer, I get in an accident, or if I'm old, I just don't want to be a burden on my daughter. Kelly watched her mom go through long-term care, and her mom had a long-term care insurance policy that paid for most of her care. And she said, you know, it was really kind of a blessing for her and her siblings because not only did it pay for care, it really helped her with the support. She had that claim support and stuff. So things that just made life a little bit easier. So Kelly saw the value of it and she just thought, you know, I'm at a point in my life now where I really need to start looking into this. Um, Kelly was concerned about going to a facility or being put, so to speak, as she said. She goes, I don't want to be put in a facility, meaning you know, you, you burn through all your money and then the government comes and says, oh, this is where you're going to stay. So she said, I really just need to make sure that that doesn't happen to me. And a lot of people are surprised at this. You know, if you have pension and social security, uh, but you burn through your assets, you're going to have pension and social security. But once you're, you, the cost of care exceeds your pension and social security, you apply for Medicaid. Medicaid says, okay, that's fine. Turn, turn over your income, but we're going to tell you where to go. And the VA kind of does the same thing. It's a means-tested program. So she was really concerned about that. What we found out about Kelly when we started talking with her was, you know, Kelly was in great physical shape. She had lots of options, and that's kind of key because, again, each carrier is going to underwrite a little bit differently. Some carriers are just going to say, we're only going to take the preferred or the best health. Other carriers will say, well, we'll, we'll take people that have some issues, but we're going to rate like one, two, or three. So we'll have three different levels of approvals class, you know, one, two, or three. Just think of it as a report card based on your health. But Kelly was in great shape, so she could go with any plan that she wanted. Um, she planned on working until she was age 65. She really liked her job. She wanted to stay close to her daughter and to her grandchildren. Again, this is something she was involved with her grandchildren. She saw them almost every day. She saw her daughter almost every day. They just were really close. Um, Congratulations to Kelly. She paid her house off last year. So she was just elated on this. You know, she got her house completely paid off and she said, I plan on staying there again because she loves the community she's in and she's close to family. She has a small retirement account. She's still contributing to that through work. She has some cash savings and she has a, she's going to have a pension and social security when she retires. And so based on where her pension is right now, she says, you know, that will take care of practically all of my costs. I don't foresee having to really, you know, I can use my retirement account and my cash savings for emergency funds and travel and 
spending that money on kids. And she goes, but most of my basic daily needs will be covered by her pension and Social Security. So she's in pretty good shape that way. What did Kelly want from a long-term care plan? Well, here's what she really wanted, number one, was some flexibility. She said, I just don't know what life's going to throw at me, but I want to be able to pay for care, whether I'm at home or whether I'm a facility. Um, She really also liked the idea. She said, I might end up living with my daughter. We've talked about that. When her grandkids are gone and out of school, she said her and her daughter might consolidate. They might sell their homes. They might move in. They don't know. They've talked about doing something like that. She was also, you know, well aware that home might not be the place for. She said, you know, I might end up getting the best level of care in a facility. And she was very in tune on this. I mean, you got to remember that uh, another thing that was special here is Kelly's daughter was a registered nurse. And she'd been doing it for quite a while. She had some flexible hours, but she was, you know, very smart and she was very in tune with the, the you know, saying, look, mom, you know, there's certain situations where you're not going to be able to get care at home. So Kelly was well aware of that. So, so she said, I'm, I'm, you know, not adverse to going to a facility, but I'd like to stay at home if I could. And she said, if I end up living with my daughter, I really like the idea of a policy that would allow me to pay her. And that was a kind of a key question. If I'm with her, can I contribute if she's the one giving up her time to provide those services for me? She would also like a plan that she could pay into over time. She had some cash savings. She had a retirement account, but she said, you know, I just paid my house off. I have this extra cash flow coming in every month. I would prefer a plan that I could just pay into over time and just let my savings grow and leave my investments alone. And I I agreed with her. I think that made a lot of sense for her. She uh, loved the idea of getting some money back. She said, gosh, if I don't use my long-term care insurance, it'd be absolutely wonderful if that money wasn't wasted, if it could go to my kids or my grandkids. That's That's what she wanted. And lastly, she was just really looking for a plan to supplement her income. So again, when you have pension and Social Security, you don't have to go out there and say, well, how much does a nursing home cost in my area and calculate I need long-term care insurance that way? Because that's not how it works. You're going to end up, you know, you still have your income. You're going to have your income until you die. So what you're really trying to do is figure out that delta. What's that gap? How much would you be willing to contribute and how much extra would you like to come in? And there's no perfect answer to this. But Kelly just said, look, I, I don't need a grandiose Cadillac plan that's going to pay for absolutely everything. I just want something that's going to give me a nice, meaningful cushion and give me some flexibility. So I said, okay, you know, that's that's what we're going to look at. So here's what we did for her. And one of the key takeaways I want you to understand on this, when I'm designing a plan for people, I really get down and like I tell people during our webinars, when we're going to talk, we're going to find out a lot about you. And a lot of this, you're going to be like, well, why is this important? You know, it's not, well, how much does it cost? And off we go. And one of the things that I took away from Kelly is that she was really, really close with her daughter. And, you know, they spent so much time together. And I actually talked to her daughter during the planning process and just a, you know, a wonderful woman. And I really got a sense that, yes, these two are, are, are going to be involved with each other in their lives daily for the foreseeable future. That's just how close they were. And I realized that this was, you know, Kelly, she's had tremendous support from her daughter. And her daughter was going to be involved in Kelly's long-term care journey one way or the other. Wherever it played out, her daughter would be involved in this. She would be part of this. So based on this, I was looking at, okay, we want to look at a policy. We want some flexibility is there a policy that we can design that will allow Kelly to pay her daughter or to contribute to that family if she ends up living with them? And so there are, and that's kind of what we looked at. So here's what we did. We designed a plan that will pay that cash benefit or that indemnity benefit to Kelly, meaning that when she goes on claim, she's just going to start receiving that check. Now, it doesn't matter if she's in a facility or she's at home or she's at her daughter's home, or she's in a nursing home, it's irrelevant. She's going to get the full monthly benefit every month. They're going to send that check to her. Now, she can use this to pay, again, family members. She can use it to pay licensed healthcare workers. It's not going to limit her. We also design a plan that can be paid up in full with 10-level payments. So again, she didn't want payments the rest of her life, but she also didn't want to just come in with a lump sum of money. So I said, well, we can do a 10 play. That's a 10 pay. That's the type of plan that I personally have. I'm going to make 10 guaranteed level annual payments into my plan, and then the policy is paid up, and I don't have any more payments, and I have the policy for the rest of my life. So we set a plan up like that. We designed it. So Kelly's going to make 10 payments. She's going to make $12,585 into her plan. 
Now, she was budgeting around $1,500 a month because she just replaced a mortgage, and so then we backed it out. And so this was right in her wheelhouse. We were just a little over $1,000 a month on the budget. She said that is fine. That is that that is completely acceptable because she was spending more than that on her mortgage and she said that's great. It's going to allow her to save some money. So that's what we did. So she'll make 10 payments of $12,585, and after that 10th year, the policy is fully paid up. She will start out with a monthly long-term care benefit of $4,000. And that's what I say start out. That means if Kelly goes out and she gets hit by the bus tomorrow, she's on claim, she's going to get a check for $4,000 every single month. That's in today's dollar. She just took the policy out. That'll last her a minimum of six years. So when we think of that bucket of money, we're saying, well, there's $288,000 in there. If she takes out $4,000 a month, it's going to last her a minimum of six years. However, we also put an inflation rider on the policy. And again, inflation riders grow that bucket of money, and it grows the monthly benefit by a percentage. And you decide that. This particular one is 3%, and it's 3% compound. So that means every single year, her benefit's going to be growing by 3%, and it's just going to keep compounding on itself. So when we go out 10 years, and, and that's going to put Kelly at 68, she's going to have $5,100 a month and $405,000 of long-term care insurance in her bucket of money. When we go out 20 years, she's up to 544000 that she can pull out $7,000 a month. And 30 years out, she's going to have over $9,500 a month for six years with a benefit of over $732,000. Now remember, 30 years out, so she's going to be 88 years old. She makes it to 88. She the, the policy was paid up after year 10. So that's what I'm saying. The policy just continues to grow even though she had that policy paid up. Now, what happens if she gets lucky and she doesn't use her policy? Well, again, this is an asset-based plan. So that means that that $125,000 that she paid into the plan is going to be paid back to her estate. She'll get 100% return of that premium if she ends up not using it. If she ends up using less than $125,000, the difference is paid back. So she's always guaranteed to get her money back one way or the other. She's not going to lose a dime of those premiums that she pays into the plan. But the difference is she's got a growing, meaningful long-term care. Statistically, the odds are stacked against her. She most likely will use it for long-term care insurance. So now all of a sudden, like I say, 20 years out, she's got over a half million dollars of tax-free long-term care insurance that will come in. So that's why we got it. Now, what happens if she uses all of her benefits? Let's say that she goes on claim 30 years out. She uses all $700,000 of long-term care insurance over the six years, and then she passes away. Well, her estate's still going to get $19,200 back. That's what we call a guaranteed minimum death benefit. So this is a very unique feature on, on that some carriers offer, meaning that, you know what? If you go out and you die, you don't use it, you get your money back, 125000 if you use all of your long-term care insurance up and you exhaust that pause and when you pass away, you're still going to get $19,000 back. I call it the funeral fund because it's hard to kind of picture what $19,000 would look like. We can see what it looks like today, but 30 years out, it's not going to be a whole lot. But the bottom line is that money is still coming back. That's called the guaranteed minimum saying that you will get at least $19,000 back even if you use all of your long-term care insurance. Another nice thing about this policy has is what we call a 90-day retroactive waiting period or elimination period. So think of the elimination period. That's what some people describe it as a deductible. A traditional policy, most of them, the standard is 90 days, meaning that you file for your policy today, you're on claim, you pay the first 90 days of service, and then the policy starts paying. Well, this one works a little bit differently. So she'll pay the first 90 days of care, but then on that fourth month, she will get a check for four months of, of service. So we just go out and we say, well, if it's that 30 years out and she has $9,500 a month, she's going to get a check for $30,000 because she's going to basically get the, I'm sorry, she's going to get a check for $38,000 because she's going to get $9,500 a month. She's going to get four months worth paid to her all at once. And so it's retroactive zero day. Yes, she pays the first 90 days, but then they're going to reimburse her back to day one, starting that month four, and then she will just get her check every single month. So just a real nice design feature in this particular plan. Now, what happens if she doesn't use her policy? Again, what makes asset-based plans so popular is win, lose, or draw. Win meaning I don't use it, my money's not wasted, so that's that death benefit, that's that 125 paid back. Lose, I end up in long-term care, well, that's that growing long-term care tax-free benefit that she has. 
And draw is what happens if something changes? What if she needs to cancel her plan and she needs her money back? Well, if she cancels her plan along the way, meaning during those first 10 years, she's going to get 80% of the premiums that she paid into that policy. Once the policy is paid up, so starting year 11, she will get 100% of her premium back to her if she cancels her policy. Now, remember, she had that insurance for those 10 years. And then 10 years down the road, Bertie Sanders Jr. is in office and everything is free. She doesn't need her long-term care insurance. She can just get $125,000 back. She can get all the money that she put into her policy back. But what if she canceled at year five? Something came up. You'd say, well, she only gets 80% of her money back. Well, do the math on that. So so you're looking at $12,000 a year of premium, so $12,500. So she's, she's going to give up roughly about, uh, what is that, $2,500 a year of premium if she canceled. Well, to get the same benefit on a traditional user or lose a policy, it'd be over $5,000 a year of, of premium. So she's still coming out way ahead, meaning that she can get insurance for half the price, even if she cancels versus going out and buying a traditional. And remember that traditional premium you pay until you go on claim. So that's what's nice about this asset-based plan. So what does it do for Kelly? Number one, it gives her that tax-free benefit. It's a cash benefit. It's guaranteed to give her her money back one way or the other. It's incredibly flexible, meaning that she can pay family members. She can pay for formal care. It's not going to matter. And it just gives her that peace of mind knowing that now that she has pension and she has Social Security, she's going to be in a situation where if she needs long-term care, she's got a growing benefit that's going to come in tax-free, and it can just add to the income that she already has. So it's just going to give her a lot more options. So I've got to take a final break, come up for air, stick around when we come back. I'm going to talk a little bit more about some pros and cons of the cash benefit plans. We'll be right back. New asset-based programs protect your savings and your family, and even pay you back if you never use them. Make sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Learn more and sign up for one of Brian's free live webinar classes at 525longtermcare.com. I've told you about how my wife and I first started working with Brian Ott and 525 Advisors. Many years ago, a retirement planner said that we were in pretty good shape, except we did not have long-term care coverage. I didn't really even know much about it at the time, but we started doing some research, and we found out the best person in our region, Brian Ott, 525 Advisors. He's also the best in the country, and it's not just me saying that. For the fifth year in a row, Brian has received the award as the top advisor in the country for long-term care plans with lifetime benefits. And Brian says he couldn't do it without my listeners because you get it, and you know how to take care of your family. Long-term care planning is about protecting the people you care about, and the government is not going to do it for you. That's why my wife and I put a plan in place with Brian. If we get lucky and don't need it, our plan will pay our estate back. Get the peace of mind knowing your family's protected. Contact my friends at 525 Advisors and work with the best. Find out more at 525longtermcare.com. 525longtermcare.com. The fact is most of us have known somebody who needed long-term care. That's when a person reaches a stage in life requiring somebody else to help with basic daily activities due to physical conditions or a cognitive disease. Now, most of the time, long-term care starts in the home, which allows the individual to stay in a familiar setting. The price for long-term care can be expensive, and it could go on for years. Financial experts suggest purchasing long-term care insurance before you retire. Why? Because 7 out of 10 65-year-olds will need some sort of long-term care in the future. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, now you know where to start with 525 Advisors. 525 Advisors, local experts specializing in long-term care insurance, and they have plans that are guaranteed to pay you back if you never make use of them. Protect yourself and your family members from the financial cost of extended health care. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Staying in control of your care options is a better alternative than letting the government decide for you. Welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, Certified Long-Term Care Planning Specialist with 525 Advisors. 
Awesome, and welcome back, uh, and thanks for tuning in to Long-Term Care Radio. Again, we really do appreciate the interest. And if you've got a question for us, you'll listen to our podcast. Again, we just tell everybody, go to our website. We've got a lot of information on there. You can send us questions. Uh, our phone number's on there. You can contact us. Uh, you know, we're glad to help out. The whole idea of this program is to really just educate you, teach you different things you need to know. This week, we're talking about how do you pay family members? You know, how do you pay family members for long-term care? And or with your long-term care insurance policy, you know, be, be more specific on this. And I will tell you that there's a lot of um, people out there, a lot of advisors that really market these indemnity or these cash plans. And on some of the carriers that have them, of course, if you offer a cash indemnity plan, you're going to talk about, you know, the positives of it, right? You're, gonna, you're, you're just going to really push the positives and say, hey, yeah, our plan's the best. It doesn't require receipts. You just get your full monthly benefit. Don't have to deal with paperwork, da-da-da, and they'll just kind of blow it off. And I, I, I tell you, you know, my job as an advisor is to say, okay, let's skip the bumper sticker talk, and let's really get down to the nuts and bolts. I was talking the last couple episodes. If you missed them, you can always get them on our, our website or just, just ask your smart speaker to play the long-term care radio podcast. But we were talking about this that same misconception about what life insurance is and annuities and how they work and the, the bumper sticker talk. And we get a lot of that with long-term care insurance too. Things like cash is king. Like everybody should have a cash indemnity policy. And I will just tell you that personally, I've had two long-term care insurance policies. I had a traditional policy when I was in my 40s, and then I took out my asset-based plan. Both of them are reimbursement policies. Neither one of them are cash. And why is that? Well, you've got to be very careful about the assumptions that you make. So when someone says, oh, you've got to turn receipts into the insurance company because you have a reimbursement policy, well, that's a hassle. I don't want to do that. Well, guess what? You're not doing that. And I tell everybody, remember, you're the person in care. You're the person receiving that care. And whether it's a home health care agency or you're in an adult family home or an assisted living facility, there's going to be somebody there that is going to prepare that paperwork and file it with you and file it to the insurance company, right? So that burden is taken off of you. So be very aware of that. Cash benefit plans can be wonderful in the right situations, like our client of the week this right here. But again, I tell people the analogy that I use is when the house burns down, like my house burned down when I was 10, the insurance company didn't just show up and say, hey, here, thanks for being a client. We really appreciate it. Here's your sack full of money. This is what we calculate your house is going to cost to rebuild and drive away. Because if they did that, you got a lot of problems. I mean, unless you happen to be a home building contractor, you got a lot of things to figure out on your own. And that's the same way long-term care situations can be. So when we look at our client of the week, Kelly's got a daughter who she's very close to. She's very involved. She's, you know, it's kind of like she's already signed up to be her power of attorney. They are, they understand each other's finances, but her daughter is also a registered nurse and has a really good grasp on services in the community. Well, that's a blessing. If she doesn't have that, well, that cash is just going to start rolling in, but somebody's still got to figure out where do I get the care that I need? Who's the, who's the, who's going to manage this? Who's going to make sure that those caregivers are doing a good job? There's a lot that you have to understand. And a lot of the companies used to offer cash benefits, even some of the traditional pay-as-you-go plans. I had a good friend of mine. Uh, his mom went on claim. She was down in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And they had a plan and it paid cash benefits. And it just gave her the full check every single month. And the kids just said, yeah, we got mom in an assisted living facility. And off she went. And in those situations, it doesn't really matter if it's reimbursement or cash. If you're in an assisted living facility, the money's just coming in one way or the other. You can either, if it's reimbursement, you can just have the insurance company send the money directly to the facility, or you can have it go into your account and you can write the check. On cash benefit plans, if you're in an assisted living facility, the money's just coming into your account. You just have to have your power of attorney or whoever's handling your finances just write that check every month to the facility. And so that's one of the big things to keep in mind. Unless you know that you are for sure going to use your family members, reimbursement plans, in my own personal opinion, and this is just me spouting on the radio here, my own personal opinion is that a reimbursement plan offers us more value and it offers us more protection. Because now we have the claim specialists, the so-called you know travel guys that understand the language. They can understand. They can know how to communicate with the facilities. They can handle a lot of that for you, and they also do all the paperwork. They keep the IRS out of your lives. If you have a cash benefit plan, you just have to be aware that the insurance company is washing their hands. They're driving by and they're giving you a sack full of money every month, and that's it. 
you are on your own. If the IRS comes knocking on your door, that's up to you and the IRS. On a reimbursement plan, that burden is passed back to the insurance companies. When they do that 1099 LTC and they market reimbursement, you're done. You don't file anything. The insurance companies have handled all that for you. So just really be aware of the pros and the cons of these policies. And I will just tell you that some of the other situations I look at, if if you have an adult special needs child and you are going to be living with them until the, you know, your last days, cash benefit plans in those situations can make a lot of sense because now we can just bring in that money. And again, the IRS says up to $12,000 a month, they're going to kind of leave you alone in theory. So you can bring that money in and have that extra cash flow or protect more of your assets to save for your adult special needs child down the road. So cash benefit plans can work well in those situations. And also, if you have a spouse that cannot qualify for long-term care, that's another time that we can look at these cash benefit plans. Because if you've got $10,000 a month, but you only need five, well, you've got another $5,000 to take care of your spouse as well, too. So that's, you know, again, there are some situations where we look at those and we just have to let everybody know that, okay, yeah, this cash benefit plan, make sure that your power of attorney knows that they've got to be responsible for filling out this paperwork. And most CPAs, if you're working with a CPA, will say, hey, here's a little chart. Just keep track of where you're spending your money. So that's just something that you have to be aware of. But I think one of the biggest misconceptions out there that people miss is when I get cash, the cash is king. I can hire whoever I want. Yeah, be careful. You become an employer when you hire somebody. So if they're not hired through an agency, you're that employer, you're that person that's paying those taxes. So again, lots of uh, options out there. If you do have a special situation, you know you're in, you know, or you want to live in a foreign country, whatever it is, that's what we try to figure out on the front side of this so that we can design a plan, a custom plan that's for you. I've got two webinars coming up this month in October, the 15th and the 20th. So that's a Saturday morning and a Thursday afternoon. All that information is at our website, 525longtermcare.com. We appreciate your interest. I'll be back next week. You've been listening to Long-Term Care Radio with certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott. You can download and subscribe to the podcast at 525longtermcare.com and learn about all the long-term care planning options available. If you have questions for Brian or would like information about any of his upcoming long-term care webinars, go to 525longtermcare.com. Be sure to join us next weekend for another edition of Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. For information, show schedules, and podcasts, go to 525longtermcare.com. The issue of long-term care is so important. A lot of states like Washington are seeking to pass laws requiring payroll deductions to fund it. But the reality is the state's solution is simply a drop in the bucket that will not provide meaningful protection for you or your family. 525 Advisors can provide meaningful coverage through new plans with guaranteed leverage that turn every dollar into at least $3 of long-term care coverage tax-free. And you get your money back if you never use it, just like the custom plan my wife and I got. Join Brian Ott from 525 Advisors for an upcoming free live webinar. Learn how repositioning some of your savings is a secure way to triple your money today to pay for the high cost of long-term care. Like the state, we agree long-term care is a serious issue, but don't settle for the government's flawed plan. Learn your own options. Attend an upcoming 525 Advisors free live webinar. For the schedule, go to 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com.